know what? It's got shades of Weird Al Yankovic, as far as I'm concerned. It does. There's a bit of uh, yeah. piano, accordion, yeah. polka yeah. going on in there. But, Richard, it's not what we expected. What's, go- what's going on with our walk-on song? I thought we had it locked down. Yeah, I'm a bit embarrassed about this. Um, you may remember last week that uh, a certain... I can't even mention the name of them because of the legal action that's being um, brought against the band Arson in our entire company. Yeah, it's, what? It's um, dodgy. It's, we, we, we had a band produce a, a track for us uh, I, last I week. It. And it was great. It was fantastic. But we didn't have permission. Right. Let, let's um, sip it there. Let's sip it there. We don't want to tread on any toes. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Cars Guide podcast, where we tear down pressure tests and rebuild the issues of the Automotive Week. I'm James and with me are Richard. Hello. And Matt. G'day. This week, among other things, we'll look at Mazda's massively minor update, <laughs> a big buck fine for Ford and a bold US freedom fighter. So stay with us. But first, must watch. <laughs> right. Okay, so the news is, the big news overnight really is that Telstra, uh, Telstra, Tesla, <laughs> Tesla, maybe there is an involvement with Telstra. I wouldn't be surprised. Tesla's stock has dropped 5% overnight because Crazy Elon conducted a bizarre earnings call where he called legitimate, what, what were alleged to be legitimate questions from analysts about gross margins and the company's ongoing Model 3 cash burn, boring and not cool. But, but um, And instead, he was just taking multiple questions from an alleged Tesla enthusiast and YouTuber called Garley Russell. So Garley got the floor and was firing in the questions. The analysts wanting to know about the business just shoved to one side. But isn't he trying to make boring cool with the boring company? Boring company. Yeah, so maybe that's his ulterior motive. He's contradicting himself. And look, by the way, Tesla also said it's lost another $1.05 billion during the first oh, quarter. Is that all? And the Bloomberg Model 3 production tracker has dropped back to 2,132 units a week. So they've, they've hit, they've crested the 2,500, but that's now crashed down on the other side. Come back down here. They're aiming for 6,000 by when? The end of uh, June? A few weeks' time. Yeah, a few weeks' yeah. time. Yeah, a few weeks' time. So, Crikey. And to compound that, Elon's still banging on about the Model Y SUV yeah. uh, with production scheduled for early 2020. No word on where it'll be built yep. because the Fremont factory is literally stuffed. It won't it's, be built. It's full. So Come on. There you go. But Richard, you've uh, cottoned on to some interesting developments in I, terms of the Model 3. I have. Uh, look, the, the more observant or, or, or the better listeners out there probably would have seen uh, uh, a company called uh, Munro do a teardown of the Model 3 about two months ago, uh, round about in February. And, and Munro does this on a range of yeah, stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, cars yeah. for different brands and they'll, yeah, they'll, be, they'll yeah. do, get the data. Yep. And then they'll sell it to anyone who wants to buy it. That's so they, exactly right. they pull them apart to see how how well they're built. Yeah, like yeah. they'll buy, they'll buy a Holden Cruise or a Chevy Cruise, and they'll pull it apart bit by bit. And they'll cost each part, and they'll work out the labour that's gone into it, and then they write a report, and then they sell it yeah. to whoever wants to buy it. Not so the they've car, got a model, the report. What's that? Not the car, the report. <laughs> Look, yeah. So they've got the a model. They've right. got a Model Three report. They've got a Model Three report. Okay. Now you might remember a couple of months ago they did a walk around and they pointed out all the really big issues with the Model Three. We're talking you know, panel gaps the size of your thumb and mm-hmm. and electrical um, concerns in terms of getting the boot open or the doors open in an emergency and that type you, of thing. You do have very dainty thumbs, though. I, I do mean, have if you were checking thumbs. those panel gaps, I used to dance under the name Dainty Thumbs. Dainty Thumbs. <laughs> um, 
That's a different story. That's true. That is a different story. story. Anyway, look, Sandy Munro, who's who's the owner of Munro, went on um, one of my favourite video shows. It's called Auto Line. Um, everyone else in the world finds it boring. I love it. Um, he, he went on. The, he went to explain that even though uh, he gave it a damning report two months ago, he did have some spectacular findings to talk about. So he came on and he said, "Look, absolutely." The way the car's been put together, the old prehistoric technology, he calls it, of putting a car together is terrible. He said he hasn't seen a car put that badly together since, you know, a 1990s car. Um, but the electronics on, on board, he said they also do teardowns for, for militaries and governments. And he said he hasn't seen sophisticated circuit boarditry like this elsewhere well, outside the military. Why did your voice automatically go to a whisper, Richard? <laughs> it's almost like about a military secret. <laughs> It's, I always I always get to a hush tone yeah. when I'm talking about military. All right. Well, look, so yeah. good and bad. Plenty of bad, plenty of good. Great electronics, okay. bad fit and finish. Now, speaking of cars that have been uh, examined and there's feedback and an update, uh, the Mazda CX-5, such a terrific selling car in this market, has allegedly been updated. But uh, it seems as though that's stretching the definition of the word updated. Richard, you went to the launch. So tell us all about it. There may not be much to say, but I, I, when I when I went to the launch, I felt like that scene in Zoolander where um, Will Ferrell does that. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. It's the same look, and it re- like there's no difference to the exterior. There's yeah. no difference to the interior. Right. The only difference is, and it's a, and actually quite a large difference, is to the engines. Okay. Uh, petrol now comes with cylinder de- deactivation, so it can run from you can run on four when it's under load, and then it can drop to two when you're on a highway. Yep. And that saves fuel and load and efficiencies is improved. Um, the diesel engine has got a new turbocharger. It's a two stage and it's got uh, variable geometry with the larger one. Okay. And the main issues that I had with the last diesel was that the turbo lag was horrendous mm-hmm. and it was noisy. And they've managed to fix both those issues. Oh, wow. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, Hiroshima, uh, uh, HQ, uh, Motor Corporation, what was it? Like Mazda Corporation listen to me, but maybe they have. Maybe they um, have. But they have fixed the noise and they've also fixed that turbo lag with this new turbocharger. What about, what about the money? Um, the money, okay, so we've had a price drop. Okay, so the Max stays the same. Mm-hmm. The Max Sport and the Touring drop by 400 bucks which is a saving, and then the GT and the Akira drop by 800 as so, well. Hold on, okay. just to confirm, a drop of 400 bucks yeah. is a saving. It's a saving. That's fantastic. It's a saving. I just want to make sure that was the a case. saving. Not if it's Great. your pants. That's think, not a saving. Do you think these... Uh, Depends these, on the situation. It might save it all. Do you think these brands like Mazda, um, they've been seen as aspirational, you know, semi-premium. Mm. Do you think they're getting a little bit worried about the bigger, more you know, well-known luxury brands pushing down and down with their SUVs. I I was on the launch of the XC40 this Mm. week and, you know, it's not that much difference between a high-spec CX-5 and a base-spec XC40. Uh, and I, I think that maybe these sorts of brands are thinking, well, we've got to be careful with this. Here's the difference. So what were we talking about in the office and you said it cost 600 bucks for, what was it, Apple CarPlay or what was the XC40 offering? That uh, was... It wasn't CarPlay because that's standard. But... Something was being offered for mm. 600 bucks or so or 700 bucks on the XC40 that came standard on the Max Sport. 
Mm. Um, might have been heated seats or might have been no USB port in the back, was it? No, that was um, that was a Porsche. We were talking about a Porsche. Was, okay, it was a Porsche. It was a Porsche. Yeah, yeah, right. Panamera. Okay. Nothing to do because if you want to get your USB port taken out of the Porsche mm. and put into your um, Volvo, that costs at least <laughs> six hundred bucks. <laughs> you got to find a good guy for that. Yeah, that's true. But what I'm trying to say is that it's the value equation with a Mazda. You're yeah. getting a whole lot of stuff. Okay, look, here's an example: BMW X2. You've got to pay something like six hundred to seven hundred dollars to get Apple CarPlay, mm-hmm. right? Um, bad example because Mazda doesn't offer it. But um, <laughs> there are other brands like. Hyundai, which have it as standard. So, yeah. in terms of those lower, those, those, you know, the, the, I suppose the more affordable SUVs, I think they've retained that value proposition much better than the Prestige. Was there, was there any word from Mazda on CarPlay or Android Auto? No, there wasn't. Okay, um, so it says so it all. So, a, a little bit more engine tech, mm. um, some tweaking around the edges, some price drops, but that's about it. So, it kind of feels like when you're on a good thing, um, you know, yeah. stick with yeah. it, don't, don't stuff it yeah, up. Make exactly it cheaper. Right. Yeah, that's but right. But talking of stuffing things up, uh, Ford Australia mm. did so comprehensively um, a few years ago, and it was all related to the power shift transmission that was in uh, various models. I want to say the Fiesta, mm-hmm. the Focus, and EcoSport. Yep. And it was in cars built between 2010 and I think uh, sometime in 2016. That's right. And it's a dual clutch auto, and it was problematic mm-hmm. to say the least. And we know from our own uh, correspondence uh, with readers of Cars Guide that there were lots and lots of uh, people disgruntled, unhappy, having problems. So it transpires that Ford was now, or now Ford's admitted, being pretty much overwhelmed um, by the whole situation. Yeah. Subsequently, from a product point of view, they've ditched that transmission and put in a conventional torque converter style auto. But in the federal court, Ford Australia's been fined 10 million bucks. And that's going in a, in a case that was raised by the ACCC. Um, and so that $10 million will go towards uh, ensuring that there's an independent review of cases where owners of those cars didn't get the kind of uh, service response that they should have got, yeah. i.e. another car, yeah. um, you know, a replacement car, all of that stuff. And Ford has committed hand on heart to change its processes, but it's a major kick in the backside from a, a PR point of view, particularly when Ford places such an emphasis in its public messaging on service. Yeah. I think with with that, the real damage won't be the $10 million fine. The real damage is return customers. People who have been burnt by this won't go back to Ford. Sure. And I think that's one thing that maybe Volkswagen can relate to with their DSG transmission issues way back when. Um, and... You know, you've got to work hard to get those buyers back. Yeah. They're not necessarily going to come back because yeah. you know, if you have a car that you you can't get fixed, yes. no matter how hard you try, yeah. you, why yeah. would you go back? What's the point? We had we had people contacting us just absolutely distraught. Mm-hmm. Cars, cars were not just missing gears, but they were just becoming stranded in the middle of the road. Yeah. And they were writing to us and they were saying, look, we have contacted Ford again and again and again. Nothing's being done. You know, I'm being told to go away. Yeah. Um, and yeah. our only advice was was just to keep trying. Um, yeah. And then this this ruling is fantastic. Yeah. But it doesn't stop there because there's a yeah. separate class action that's taking place yeah, right. against Ford over this transmission wow. as well. Um, it doesn't end well, there. Well, I mean, I think the, the point you make, Matt, is a telling one because we're talking about models here that are in the lower kind of price ranges. It's not as if it's a premium brand where people are kind of rusted on and very loyal to the brand. There's a lot of shifting between brands in that part of the market. Yep. Yeah. So to, so to lose that number of uh, potential 
repurchases, mm. um, yeah, you're right. Ten million dollars is a lot of money. I could think of many things to do with ten million dollars, yeah. but yeah, oh, you the, could buy the, a house in Sydney. That's true. <laughs> and it's, but the, the bigger deal is yes, that loss of face and loss of return custom. And it's it's a real shame because that focus is is such a good car. Apart from that, you know, the issues with the transmission. It's a really, really well-priced car. I, yeah. I really like it in every yeah. other way. It's so nice, you'd probably want to steal one. If That's you, right. If you saw one, you know, just with the window down, key in the ignition, <laughs> it would be too tempting, which leads nicely nice segue. to some, wow. um, to that some stats that you've found, Richard. And it's from the National Motor Vehicle Theft Reduction Council. Who knew that that uh, organisation actually existed? It's a government body. What have we discovered? Okay, it's the, the results have only just come out. Um, and it's, it's taken this long to get the 2017 results because the, uh, by the time all the insurance claims go through and they work out whether mm-hmm. it's been stolen or whether... And all the court cases are done with. The court case. yeah. Then they can find out the figures. So we now know where your car is most likely to get stolen in terms of Australia... Uh, and that is Victoria. Wow. Um, so just I'll, here's, here's some stats for you because I, I know that our dear, dear listeners love stats. Last year, 52,858 vehicles were stolen in Australia. Now, 42,000. Yep. 42,592 of those were cars. Okay. 8,000 were bikes and the rest were Probably trucks. trucks or something? Trucks, yeah. commercial vehicles. Maybe light commercial. Now, <laughs> Victoria, Victoria is the culprit. So Victoria lost, and here it is right here. Victoria lost something like 12,000 Nearly 13,000 cars. cars? Yeah. yeah. New South Wales not very far behind it as well. Yep. Sorry, 9,000 passenger vehicles, like cars themselves. Any clues Victoria. on, like, was Ballarat the main uh, culprit? <laughs> Where are we talking? Most of my relatives are from Ballarat, and I can oh, okay. actually say probably. Fair bit of ca- yeah, Most okay. likely. Or no, most likely. pin it down. That, yeah. that website is brilliant with the information yeah. that you can yeah. access. Yeah. There's the, the actual worst local government area was Brisbane City. Wow, really? Yeah. So yeah. Okay. 2,118 thefts in Brisbane City. Oh, my God. And most stealable car in the country? Of course. Holden Commodore VE. Yeah. Yeah. VE yep. Commodore. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. That's interesting. 2013 model. By the time, you know, the VE rolled around, mm. the, the old usual suspects that you'd go for, like a mm. suspect door lock or an mm. easy-to-force ignition lock, mm. all of that was history. There were the high-strength steel in yep. the ignition um, the doors were a lot trickier to get into, yeah. but and yet the Commodore is still the go-to. Nine hundred and eighty was stolen. Nine hundred and eight was stolen last year. Followed by any guesses what the next one is? No, no. I Listen. know because it's on the screen in front of me, Richard. <laughs> but you'd never guess if you didn't know. No, you wouldn't. No, a nineteen ninety-five Nissan Pulsar. Pulsar. Yeah. See, th- now that I reckon goes to the point where that would be a cinch to steal. Oh, yeah. That would be a soft metal ignition lock yeah. where you just put in your slide yeah. hammer, yeah. pull it out, get yeah. your screwdriver and start the, the car up, N- the whole bit. N15 Pulsar generation, good triple S. Yeah. That was yeah. what people were going for, yeah. I reckon. Yeah. Right. You seem to know a bit about this, Matthew. I um, know. Right. Western Toyota Hilux. Toyota Hilux was next. Now, that doesn't make you know, that's no surprise at all. Well, um, there's a lot of them. Ford Falcon, BA Falcon, followed by a VY Commodore. Okay. Mm. Wow. Interesting. All right. Now we know where they all are. We've yeah. just got to stop them. <laughs> But speaking of cars worth stealing, if you want excitement, listen to this. Life's a journey, and for over a century, Winton's been helping Australians enjoy the ride. Behind the wheel of a Winton, you're comfortably in control of the most efficient, enjoyable, and brilliantly engineered car in the world. In fact, from class-leading luxury and performance cars to light trucks, heavy haulers, and agricultural equipment all supported by our no-haggle, lifetime warranty and industry-leading service, Winton covers all the bases. Winton, Australian with a world of difference. 
Right, so Winton. <laughs> Winton, wonderful Winton. And, of course, when you think of Winton, we all think of Frosty. Frosty Chops. And um, where is he? Again, we've done our best to get him in here this week, but he has a big, big job in front of him. Is that him waiting in the foyer? No, that that's see? some other person. Anyway, <laughs> he is, of all places, at the Inter-Korean Summit in the DMZ between uh, North and South oh, Korea. Gosh. It's just on the southern side, I think, because Kim Jong-un has, for the first time, come into uh, South Korea. President Trump uh, asked him to sort of come in at the last minute, and things have been going very well, lo and behold, because Frosty is Frosty. He He's very good at what he does. Yeah, yeah, so, um, you know, we don't know the details. I think that will come out uh, yeah. in the wash after everything settles down. Yeah. But he's doing an exceptional job. I hope he just doesn't say anything rude. Do you know what I mean? He's prone to that. He's a so bit it, Prince it, Philip. It, it more depends know? on what the social activities are yeah. after the formal talks. Yeah. When when, oh. the, when the collars are loosened, you know, and, and yeah. uh, the drink starts to flow. Yeah. I thought he might have been there with that band, but... Oh, don't... Matt, sorry. Okay, don't moving on. The band. Speaking of the US... And freedom. Oh. Uh, Jeep has launched two new Wrangler limited editions called, wait for it, the Golden Eagle and the Freedom. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes, look, the word freedom can just be a very simple and lovely word. It's yeah. great. Freedom, seagulls yeah. floating in the yeah. breeze, you're yeah. on the beach, you're calling the shots, you're doing yeah. what you want to do. Yeah. In recent times, politically, at least the media I've been consuming, freedom takes on a slightly heavier overtone. Yeah, like freedom. Freedom uh, or else. And so here you're going to buy this um, Jeep, uh, Freedom, and the Golden Eagle, as the name implies, has a Golden Eagle on the car. It's a bit wow. like a Trans Am or something, I know, isn't it, it? It has strong, strong shades of the Trans Am. Yeah. You wow. almost expect Burt Reynolds uh, to be behind the wheel Smoking the bandit. in a convoy. Yeah. Um, so, what do we make of that? Would would you be proud to park the 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 Wrangler Freedom in your driveway? Um, uh, what I, about a Golden Eagle? I I wouldn't be proud to park a Wrangler in the current generation in my driveway. Anyway, I'd probably wait for the new one, which comes later this year, just to see if it's better. Because, right. uh, yeah, no. Nah. I wonder if there'll be a new Golden Eagle then. There might know. be an updated Freedom I, as well. I am assuming. I can't really tell from the pictures. This is the old generation and even one, isn't it? Freer Freedom. Yeah. I don't know. I or, do. I mean, I don't think I'm the only one that has trouble trying to tell Wranglers apart. Mm. And this is this is one way to help me. Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> look, good. I've been known to be a bit wide trash in my day, yeah. so I'd probably go a Golden Eagle. I'm not sure I'd go a Freedom. And, and I'd if, go because you know Freedom sounds a bit wussy. It does. If, like, well, well, depends. Yeah. It depends on which country. Depends you're if you're in. a slave. If yeah, the Golden, that's, that's, wow. If the actual Golden Eagle on. The bonnet isn't enough. It says Golden Eagle on the side. On the side. Okay, yeah. so that's yeah. just to help you along in yeah. case you're not getting the idea. Yeah, right. Well, right. speaking of cars that uh, you may or may not be able to acquire or may or may not want to acquire, uh, Brabham. So Brabham Automotive, a name that most people would know, thanks to Sir Jack um, and his three World Formula One championships as a driver, his son, his youngest of three sons, David, some time ago, went out to the world with a crowdfunding initiative that was initially, the wildest talk was that they were going to create a Formula One team. That right. quickly died down and it went to be a sports car project for the World Endurance uh, Championship mm -hmm. and various ones were mooted and they were going to be on the grid, I think, in 2015 and then 2016 and none of that happened. Um, and it all went quiet in 2017. But lo and behold, bingo, they have launched the BT62 
which is yet another track-only hypercar for rich types, um, okay. a bit like the Aston uh, Martin Vulcan and Ferrari's FXXK. Um, and I just say, yeah, really? Mm. Um, it's, it's got a monster naturally aspirated V8 engine and all this stuff and you get your driver training with it. But how rich? How much money can these rich people actually just splurge on all of these things? It becomes a bit exhausting. Yeah, I, I, I can see the appeal in terms of like you look at the sheer numbers: five twenty-two kilowatts, six sixty-seven newton meters, and it weighs nine hundred and seventy-two kilos dry. I've got to say, it looks pretty good too. Looks I, good. I, you know, yeah. I, I, it'll emerge as to who actually designed the car, but it, um, yeah, it looks pretty good. But I, I completely agree with you. Like, is this an option that anyone needs? No. In that end of the market? No one or, asked for this. <laughs> apart from the crowd that asked for... Well, suppose, they wanted the Formula I 1 I suppose they have that, got so. a certain amount of equity in that Brabham name. You mm. know, it, it was for so long associated with a fantastic driver um, and his sons, each of which excelled in motorsport to varying degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, Bernie Eccleston ran the F1 team for a while. It yeah. was pretty handy. Won some world championships while he was uh, involved. So uh, they do not have any track record in terms of road cars, though. Mm. So a racy track-only car, I don't know. It's, I mean, look, you're exactly right. They, they, they can't, they, they don't know how to make a, you know, a Kia Cerato competitor. Imagine you never know. <laughs> Imagine. Wow. You yeah. heard it if here first. Teach, yeah, yeah. If you can teach a jog, dog to jump this high, it can yeah. certainly jump lower. Well, well possibly. Um, look, I, I, I like the Vulcan. The Aston Martin Vulcan, I think it looks phenomenal, mm-hmm. and and it's from a it's from a you know a real car company too. Sure, and I understand it from that perspective because they need those halo models to yep. generate interest. Yeah, but they actually make real cars. Yes. Whereas for this, I kind of feel like it's they're playing make believe, like make a real car. Could mm. be. What, what what's the build uh, quantity, Matt? You're looking at a, our uh, story. Yeah. So. We've got uh, one million pounds to buy. Okay. And the first 35 units will be liveried to reflect Sir Jack's 35 ah, World Championship victories. 70 cars. But 70 cars. Yeah, okay. 70 and and cars. 1.8 million Australian dollars, apparently. I think wow. That's the sticker price. Well, I looked yeah. into the ownership of the company, and there's one person on the company register. It's David Brabham. <laughs> So it's not a diverse board. Imagine his the, the shareholder views. meetings. <laughs> exactly. So it will, be, it will be interesting to watch that space, yeah. I tell you what. Yes, there's one car. It seems to be real. Yeah. I don't think that's a computer-generated image. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see if that's actually the case um, and whether or not 70 sets of wheels actually roll onto a race circuit at some stage. So mm-hmm. we'll see. It'll be very interesting. Uh, now, speaking of aspirations, will they be met, won't they? A word from our wild side colleagues at Oversteer. When you're done listening to these old farts ramble on... Can I tell a story? Come and listen to the Oversteer podcast, where we talk about the stuff that kids love. Story time with Mitchie Boy. Yeah, because if I don't try, I will fail. <laughs> like, oh, you know on, how mate. you roll into a petrol station and you're like... <sighs> Would you rather be designated driver for a group of kids on a sugar high... Or a group of super drunk adults. Yes, the Oversteer podcast has everything. And you can find it on the Cars Guide website, iTunes, and where all good podcasts are sold. Yeah. I hate them. I can see the only thing that Richard aspires to is not spending time with those boys. I sit next to one of them and all day long he plays with his moustache. It's just (laughs) disgusting. And it's not a very good moustache either. It's like a fake one. Just so long as he's not playing with your moustache. (laughs) <laughs> Which is also connected to a beard. Is a, is a moustache that's part of a beard still a moustache? Oh, I think so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Put it this way. If you shave the moustache bit off, then it becomes people would moustache. say, where's your moustache? Yeah. 
Really? Uh, you reckon they would? Well, well, they call it a chin strap. I think that's just say that looks Abraham weird. Lincoln. Okay. Abraham Lincoln. Mm. Now, speaking of questions, mm. quiz. Is it a legal quiz? It's okay. that time again. Oh, we it. have some more is it illegals up on the advice section of carsguide.com.au. So I want you two guys to come back with your thoughts. Okay. People can go to the site and find out, but just for everyone's benefit, I'll come back with the answers next time around. Cool. So, first of all, clock's ticking. Oh, no, we haven't got a clock. <laughs> um, is it illegal to drive with the interior lights on? I did last night. No, it's not, le- not illegal. No, I don't think That's it's illegal. I think it's no. distracting. Righto. Yeah, it was, Fine. it was distracting. Is it illegal to drive five kilometres over the speed limit? No. No, um, they let you drive. Te- technically, yes, but that's my thought is technically, yes, but a lot of perhaps New South Wales police do allow you a little bit of leeway. Whereas, 10, 10% plus one kilometre. in some other parts of the country, yeah, like maybe. Victoria, well, you won't well, get away with it. Also, you've you got to remember that some, most speedos are calibrated to be about 5% over. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're doing 80, you're really doing 60. So are you, are you um, regularly pushing that optimism on the speedo? So I you'll, use my you'll own, factor that into your cruise mes- control setting? I tend to use my measurement devices when I'm driving a vehicle. Okay, I'm not going to investigate that at all. <laughs> Is it illegal to drive through empty parking spaces? No. No. I don't wow, think so. I do it all definitive, the time. Absolutely I definitive. did that the other day and I hit one of those bollard, you know, those oh, things. Because no. I didn't look down. Richard, you always got to be okay, careful. Okay, we'll talk. We're, we're going to take this <laughs> offline. And we're going to discuss Hyundai, that later. It wasn't, it wasn't the I-30. <laughs> okay. Methinks Richard doth protest too much. <laughs> Is it illegal to drive in reverse? No. No. It can't be. Do you know you can drive reverse up a one-way street the wrong way? So, that's but legal. you're going the right you're way. you're pointing the right direction. Yeah, yes. You're pointing the right direction. Okay, that's exactly why we have these kinds of stories. <laughs> yeah. Because We're people like that. you, Richard, are propagating these We're amazing, amazing stories. Is it illegal to drive in high heels? Richard, you'll know about this. It's totally, totally legal. Yeah, I would Matt? say it would Although be Although it does raise some eyebrows, yeah. I would well, say. Well, you're doing it. Yeah. And you step out at the, you know, on the red carpet. <laughs> Is it illegal to drink alcohol? In a car while driving. Hang As, on. What? Is it illegal to drink alcohol in a car while driving? Of course it is. You think so? Oh, uh, wait. Are you you're, dri- the, you're driving? If you're driving, yeah, I'm yeah. talking to you right now. I'm not no, driving. I'm driving <laughs> so, so I'm driving the car and I pull out a long neck and have a swig. That's illegal. That's the question. That's got to be That's illegal. That's so illegal. Okay. Got to be illegal. Everyone does it. Well, you know not, where you're from. Fo- uh, doesn't everyone? <laughs> You know where you're going to find the answer? The advice section of carsguide.com.au. Wow. All right. Now, we're getting closer to the finish line, but before we do cross it, in our garage, mm-hmm. Matt, yes. this week you've been driving a what? A Nissan Navara, and this is coming off the back of Ute Palooza that was the last few weeks for me. I've been in the HSV Sports Cat, the Ranger um, Tickford model yep. and then also the X-Class and the Toyota Hilux Rugged X and also 
Um, what was that other one? The Ford Ranger Wild Track. Did I say yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no, no. You said no. a Tickford. Tickford oh, yeah. Ranger. Okay. Sorry. So have you just been um, instinctively driving towards Bunnings and yeah. <laughs> wanting to chuck stuff in it's the like, back? It's, yeah. It's like you go on like autopilot. Pulling mode. into pulling into work sites without any I've, reason at all. I've been to a landscape supplies place two times in a week, and I don't know why. Yes. Yeah. And really bought nothing. Strange. It's really strange. Yeah. yeah. No, swearing I, more. I do have good mates at landscape supplies, but they let me load up and test the the weight to payload. Yeah. Yeah, so at Navara, I put 500 kilos in the back of it this morning, went for a loop that I also replicated on our big ute test last week, mm. and I was pleasantly surprised. Mm. It was very good. And yep. also, um, the question keeps coming up, would you buy the X-Class or would you buy the Navara? The answer for me is simple. Yes, I would buy the Navara because I'm saving money and I'm getting a $15,000 holiday. Yeah, that's, that's where my brain goes. It's a lot of dough, so, isn't it? And, yeah. and a few birdies have told me that it's a better car. Mm. Mm. Well, that's, it's almost the further you work your way towards a flat-out commercial working vehicle, mm-hmm. the less that kind of badge stuff matters, yeah. right? So, yeah. so long as the truck does the job, great. I'll buy yeah. it. I don't really mind what's on the grill. Yeah. Um, so it just depends on purpose, I suppose. And I think that's one of the things that Nissan has really addressed well with these, this Series 3 update is that previously it was more of a lifestyle high-end offering in the Ute segment. You know, it wasn't high-end in the sense that uh, it was posh. It was more high-end in that it didn't drive like a Ute. It okay. drove more like an SUV than it did a Ute. Yep. And now... With this latest update, they've tweaked the suspension and the steering in particular, and it does feel more like a work-ready ute because okay. because of the way that it rides when it's empty, which is to say that it doesn't ride as well, well when it's empty. As laden. Yes. Fine. So, um, right. And that's what we should expect of a ute, yep. typically. Yeah. Um, but this is, I mean, it's an improvement as a ute, not an improvement as a lifestyle-focused ute. Cool. So. And Richard, which ute have you been driving? I haven't been driving any <laughs> no, okay. utes. Very good. Uh, I did park besides yours this morning, actually. Um, no, but, but in something even bigger, I'm driving a Land Rover Discovery. And oh. this is the Discovery. What did you discover? This is the one I would buy. Oh. Of course, it's the cheapest. It's, oh. I could almost afford it. Yeah, right. I, I can't, but I could almost. It's, it's just over 60 grand and it comes with nothing. There's no electric seats, no leather, no nothing, but I can guarantee does, you... Does it have an engine? It does. It's <laughs> actually got a two-litre uh, four-cylinder turbo diesel, the new Indian right. one. Okay, and it's, sounds it's good. Gr- it's great. It's a yeah, great yeah. engine. Wow. But because it's got nothing electronic in the seats or the hair, doesn't, any of that stuff, this is going to be working in 20 years' time yeah, when the rest right. of them are stuck in the, you know, the real climate. So it feels position. like yeah. a proper disco. I mean, the, the earlier disco. discoveries were always wow. pretty closer yeah. to Defender yeah. than they were yeah. to you know, your yeah. premium This offering. feels yeah. more agricultural, but in a good way. Like, so yeah. I, I'm quite happy with it. Great. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. Gee, I've been in a base-level car as well. <laughs> what have you been in? You, you had a really good time in your base-level yeah, did. car, didn't I you? I did. How did you go? Anyway, I've been in a Honda. <laughs> <laughs> I've been... How about those swans, eh? Oh. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I've been in an HRV Honda, mm. and it's the base model car, which, Matt, you reminded me of the particular nomenclature of the so model. So it's the VTI. VTI. Yeah. And uh, it's a 1.8-litre naturally aspirated four-cylinder petrol hooked up to a... Oh, ordinary CVT, um, and they want $25,000 for it. Outrageous. And I think it's a bit of a telomere dreaming uh, factor. <laughs> wow. For, for that kind of dough, and that's before on-road costs, mm-hmm. um, to me, the interior feel of the car, the surfaces that you touch, 
um, feel pretty harsh. Um, it's a very ordinary, plain Jane kind of design. Yeah. And the way the car drives is singularly uninspiring. You know, yep. it's it's capable, but it just doesn't feel like a quality offering. I think you can do so much better for that money. I think with HRV, when HRV came out, it was basically the stepping stone to what we've come to expect from Honda now. Yeah. So the Civic was a big improvement on that. And also the CRV was a massive improvement on HRV yeah. in terms of better engine and better everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the thing about HRV, I, I mean, I spent a long time in a previous role in a HRV top spec, which was $33,500. And what did you make of that? Was it okay? Uh, it felt better than the base model. There's no doubt or about premium. that. But yeah. with a CRV VTIS at $33,500 yeah, as well, I know where I'd be spending my yeah, money. Okay. Yeah. Look, look. the HRV does have its good points. Uh, we put one side by side with a CX3 and the boot in oh, HRV okay. is yeah. enormous. That's fair. Yep. It's also got those, uh, Honda calls them magic seats. They're not magic at all, oh, but they are. They are a I like a Zam. <laughs> I can confirm that. <laughs> um, although um, it's got one mode called refresh mode in, in terms of its seating. You can go on YouTube and check out my Batman video. I, I, I check. I show you the uh, the right. refresh mode. It's, we're go, we're going down a rude. path it's that I don't want only. us to go down it's here, not Richard. Only. The fancy dress, the Batman thing. It's With okay. that, we have reached the finish line. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, and Richard. Thank you, and thanks to our producer Barbara for keeping the mics open and the levels level. I don't understand jokes, but he must be funny because everyone laughs at him. <laughs> and thank you for listening. Please let us know what you think of the program. Search for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram and use the hashtag CG Podcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. Have you seen any of the cars we were talking about today? Let us know. Yeah. Tell, us, tell us what you think. Please rate and review us on iTunes. It only takes a minute and helps let others know about the podcast. Thank you. I hope you can join us next week. Until then, remember, car sickness is what you get when the service advisor hands you the repair bill. <laughs>